Welcome to Fright School. One man's willing descent into the dark abyss that lives at the heart of the American horror film. Over the next few weeks, I, Joshua Napier, am going to play horror Sherpa to Joe Farron's journey to the mountains of madness. Are you ready? Class is in session. Hey, Joe. Hello, Joshua. <laughs> Welcome back to Fright School. <clears throat> Fright School. Fright School, Fright School. Hello, listeners out there. In the ethers. <laughs> should, uh, should say hello to them now that we're on like our 13th or 14th episode. I know. Hello. Yeah. We finally have addressed them. Right. They're, they're, they're there in the room with us. <laughs> uh, how are you doing? Um, I'm okay. I'm cu- I'm, I w- was sick last week. Oh. Recovering from the sickness, the plus side of all this rain in Southern California is that it's uh, everything looks a lot more verdant and green. But yes. I also feel Ooh, like I'm. Good word. I also feel like I'm trapped in like a Claritin commercial. So oh, yeah. I have the I have the allergies. Well, I'm sorry. I'm like Macaulay Culkin and my girl. Oh well. no, well not like that. Not severe. Like oh, that was macabre. No, <laughs> not like that. But just I just feel like I'm allergic to everything. I love my girl. <laughs> I think that was the first movie that, um, like, as a kid, I remember crying watching it. I really? It was so sad when she comes down the stairs. and In the funeral? Yeah. That's, like, that's such such a sad scene. I haven't seen it, like, in, in its entirety since I was a child, so I, I really can't, <laughs> like, I don't, you know what I mean? I don't know how I'd react now, but it was a bummer as a kid. Um, how have you been? I've been well. Just, uh, you know, same old working, schooling. All, Hunting, fishing. Right, exactly. Back, you know, referencing. Look at us. We're, now we're meta. We're referencing our... We're referencing ourselves. <laughs> which is so appropriate for today's film, since it's like meta, meta. Meta, meta. Scream. Wes Craven's scream. Uh, but we'll talk about that in a moment. So you went to see... Yes, I did... Um, a little extra credit myself. I went Love it. Um, without Joshua, sans Joshua, <laughs> to uh, with our friend Daniel, though. So shout out to friend of the show and, shout and, out. and listener Daniel. Um, went to go see the Belco experiment. Very cool. And um, you know, it was it was interesting. It was a. Uh, it's definitely horrific. Um, it's like a combination of like Saw and The Purge. Yeah, that's what it looked like in the trailer. So I was just kind of like. Eh. Yeah, I mean, like, and, you know, this is also me having never seen either Saw, neither Saw nor The Purge. Ah. So, um, but based on, like, the premise and what I know of the two movies culturally, this is pretty much what that was. I was uh, trying very hard to glean something from it, and I was having lunch with Daniel afterwards, and I was even talking through it. I was like, yeah, I think it maybe was trying to be a commentary on this or this, and he was like... No, I think <laughs> I think you're really trying to reach and make mm-hmm. something happen that probably it was just made for a very specific purpose. Hmm. Yeah, it's about like sort of employees in an office and it gets like kind of taken over and turned into like a uh, like a battle royale kind of thing. Yeah, so the the what I didn't know going in, which is something that's actually very interesting about it is that the um the company is a US government company. 
um, that is based, uh, the location of the company is in Bogota, Panama. Or, sorry, Bogota, Colombia. Yeah, okay. So, that's the capital. So, they have, um, they basically, when they go into, like, the first, one of the first scenes is everyone arrives for their day at work and they're all being searched and they're sending all of the Colombian nationals away. So they're turning all of those folks away. So it's only the Americans that are in the building. Mm -hmm. And the building is very much like, it does not look like Columbia at all. Like it looks like a regular office building. You said, so Belco is Belco, the government? That's what they say in the film. In the film, okay. They, they okay. reference it as being some sort of, they reference the, Tony Goldwyn plays the COO of the company and he says that it's like a government building. It's somehow government entity. Like the whole point of the, what it's what they say that Belco does is that it helps facilitate U.S. companies in um, South America. So it helps facilitate their entrance into business in South America. Oh, all right. So it helps them, you know, do that. Cool. So I thought there was going to be some, not knowing that it was taking place in Colombia. By the way, this is obviously spoilers. Like I don't, <laughs> I feel like if you haven't seen Belco, you could you should skip. But through. it starts out right at the beginning. It starts out right at the beginning okay, where well they. Then I don't think that's spoiling. It's too like much. a whole. It's like an all. It's it's all basically takes place over an entire like work day into the next day. Oh, cool. Um, I love films like that. That kind of you know. A, Oh yeah, one you know period of time, very and specific. it's really it's really like the jump scares, like legit, like Daniel, who's also Gorehound season horror vet. He the first real good jump scare got us both. Oh and, nice! And you know me when we go to when I hit a jump scare, I'm like, oh shit! Like, <laughs> right. oh my god! <laughs> um, so it, it's really good. Um, it's James Gunn. I I was mistaken in that James Gunn did not direct it. James Gunn of like horror movie mm -hmm. slash like Gal Guardians of the Galaxy most recently. He produced it, and his brother Sean Gunn, who people know from Gilmore Girls, and Michael Rooker, who are common people that he works with, are in it. But it's really, um, it, it's just like you know, if you wanted to, if you wanted to sit through like you know, eighty people get you know, tortured then, or, you know, well, like they're not like tortured, tortured, but like right. the, whole, the yeah. whole situation is torturous. So. Yeah. Yeah. From the, I mean, you know, from the uh, trailer, I could tell kind of, but it looked to me like a giant, like game of saw, you know, basically. So, yeah. So, which, you know, again, you'll have more context for in a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah. When we it, watch was, saw. Um, it was, yeah, it was very interesting uh, in the sense of like, you know, I'm just basically, you know, cause I like, I, I do tend, I do enjoy, a good action movie, a good shoot 'em up, um, uh, a good zombie movie, you know, things where there's a fair amount of gore and blood. Yeah. Um, this particular film, I was a little more horrified by, though, just because it's, it, the, right away, the, like, the overwhelming sense of, like, we're fucked. Like, like yeah. there's nothing you can do. You're fucked. Like, you just have to, like, that stuff, I, this really shakes me. Yeah. It's like, the whole, like, well, there's absolutely, there's no hope. Like, yeah. the absence of hope. Yeah, the Saw movies have a lot of that in them where, you know, somebody's in sort of this situation where you're like, eh, I don't know if they can get out. It's like the escape room things that people do, you know? So it's like yeah. you have to, like, figure out how to do something. And usually it, it means, like, chopping off a piece of your own body or performing surgery on yourself to find some key hidden in you, you know? So yeah. it's like, like it doesn't feel very, uh, there's not a lot of hope in that. Exactly. Uh, although the, well, we'll get to it, I guess, with Saw. I don't want to ruin anything for you yet. So I don't want to give you any motives for, for Saw. But okay. very soon. Two weeks, we'll have that discussion, I think. 
Yes, because uh, I, I think we have Blair Witch and yeah, then Blair Saul. Witch Project and then Saul. Yay. Uh, wunderbar. Wunderbar. So, um, cool. Well, I'll pro- I mean, I'll probably see it, definitely. I should say I'll definitely see it, but I'll, I'll probably wait till it's, like, out. Um, yeah, when you can... Or if I'm, like, bored through the yeah. week. Stream <laughs> it, go see it definitely go, like, you know, what is today's Sunday? Sunday matinee. Yeah. <laughs> um... The theater was a, it was a small theater, but like there was still people that were like seeing it and it's, uh, it's got like John Gallagher Jr., which I love. He was just in, uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane and he was, uh, original cast of Spring Awakening had got like a Tony award for it. He was also original cast of American Idiot, um, on the newsroom. Like, I just love him. He's like my ideal man. He's just beautiful. Um, but yeah, it was. It's very. It's very interesting how the the whole movie progresses, and um, they keep the pace for sure. Oh, like good. You're, um, you know, this all this time passes, but like you just all of the pace is still pretty much kept. Cool. Well, yeah, have to go. Have to check it out. Um, you know, eventually. <laughs> yes. Any other news? Uh, you know, I was looking. I was. Uh, Looking on the app to see, but not really. Um, You're on those apps. Yeah, I'm looking at the apps. We did just have uh, St. Patrick's Day, so that's always a, a good reason to watch the uh, horrible, um, wonderfully delicious, magically horrific uh, Leprechaun. Leprechaun. <laughs> uh, so I was watching some of those. They had a, uh, what you call it, like an all-day marathon of the movies, so I was mm-hmm. watching some of those. Uh, it's always fun. Warwick Davis. He's the leprechaun? Yeah, he plays the leprechaun. Wasn't he... um, It's ludicrous. Willow? Yeah, I think. Yes, I believe so. That's the one with Val Kilmer, right? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Probably. (laughs) Maybe. I think so. We'll we'll have looked it up after this. Don't write to us. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Somewhere someone's screaming in their car. It is Willow. It is. Yeah, no. Sometimes I'll get texts from David. He'll be listening to the shows, and then he'll be like... He'll text me. I'm like, I know where he is. He'll be like, oh, yeah, this happens. I think in in, um, the Nightmare on Elm Street, he's like, oh, Jason wins, sort of. (laughs) Because I asked, like, who wins? Nobody. Yeah. Either way, we lose. Yeah, we didn't really, like, yeah. Some of our conversations tend to not, like, be totally wrapped up. So it's It's fine. It's it's the part of the mystery of Fright School. Exactly. (laughs) We can't, we can't do all the work for you. We have to leave some for, have to leave some for everybody. Yeah. Sometimes I listen back and I'm like, what were we talking about? You know, (laughs) how did we get there? Or you'll say something. I'm like, clearly I was not listening. I must've been like looking something up or like trying to like, you know, get another note ready. And I'm like, I had no idea. That's what you said. And I'm just like, yeah, sure. (laughs) Um, it's terrible. So in active listening, Joe, it's important. Yes. In, um, I, I don't necessarily have news, but I have like films that are out that I want us to see that I just want to put on record as like, yeah. stuff for us to, to watch. Maybe not necessarily in this like semester of, of, um, of like mini episodes or whatever, but just like stuff that I actually looks really cool. Um, there's this one movie that's coming out that's getting a lot of good press. The Girl with All the Gifts. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah with yeah. Glenn Close. Yeah, I want to see that. Um, definitely want to see that. The XX. Yes, um, definitely. Want to see that. Um, I think The yeah, Autopsy of Jane Doe is also a good one I want to hear. I heard it was. It's uh, Emile Hirsch and Brian Cox. Yeah. Father, um, Son, um, Corners. Yeah, I saw it uh, getting a lot of 
good buzz. So yeah, I definitely would like to see that. I um, to go back to the XX. That's the one that like Saint Vincent Annie. Yes, yes. Yeah, directed a segment of. I yeah, I really really want to see that. Uh, Autopsy of Jane Doe sounds good. Um, and that's it. I mean, yeah. that's that's pretty much it. I think like. Um, I I like I know that Train to Busan is there, but you know that's a zombie film that I don't know if I'm ready for because as everybody knows who listens to this podcast, I don't like a fast zombie, and I think Train to Busan has the fast zombie. So I do want to see it. It keeps being recommended to me. I of keep, course, yeah. People keep saying, "Oh, you got to see it. You got to see it," so we can talk about it. So um, yeah, we should make that happen. All right, all right, cool. So. We just watched Scream, Wes Craven's 1996. Brilliant horror, comedy, meta. Uh, Scream. It's sort of like, I feel like Scream is almost like, kind of supports like the theoretical like uh, point of view of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. it's sort of like a pinnacle for that. You know, you can kind of point to scream and go, yeah, see, this is kind of what we're talking about. You know, it's, it's sort of, <laughs> well, I remember what well, we talked about um, when we first really first started doing this, like yeah. those years ago, um, I remember you were like, Oh, I can't wait to show you scream, but you have to like watch all these other things, like you, yeah. that was kind of the genesis almost of this curriculum that yeah. we've developed for Fright School. Um, and I have to say that I am so glad that you did that. Yeah. I'm so glad I have not seen Scream. And like, I thought it was going to be, I thought it wasn't going to be as good for me because I have seen Scary Movie and I've, I've seen like yeah. Scary Movies 1, 2, 3. Um and I was going to completely spoil all that or, you know, give away the things. parody, the films, parody, yeah. the parody films. And um, I was not. I was still surprised. There were still things that were quite shocking. I mean, um, quite shocking to me. And like um, every time some actor was <laughs> it was uh, came up, I'm like, oh, they're in this. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was this? so funny. You're like, shit, Rose McGowan's in this. <laughs> like, Rose shit, McGowan. there's Harry Winkler. <laughs> oh, my God. Matthew Lillard. <laughs> right. <laughs> It'll be like, hey, Courtney Cox. <laughs> It was a veritable who's that of the 1990s. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Here, snapping right. for that one. Well, um, it's so funny because when you look back at, and you look at 1996 and when they were uh, doing like the production of this, probably in early 96, late 95, I mean, because Kevin Williams, um, oh shoot, is it Williamson or Williams? I always say the wrong name. Uh, the writer. Because he had been, like, working on that, like, script for a long time, you know? And he was sort Uh of getting to, like, the bottom of, like, you know, like, shoot, I've got to really sell a movie or I'm kind of, you know, screwed here. Um, What? Sorry, real quick. I'm just looking up. This is Kevin Williamson. Yes. Okay. Um, So, you know, they're, like, trying to, you know, he was hoping that maybe it would be kind of an interesting commentary and, you know, maybe could, like, sort of revive what was being seen as sort of the waning... um, uh, condition of the horror film in uh-huh, the 90s, uh-huh. you know, because a lot of stuff that had come out before that was all like going direct to video or kind of really failing, you know, especially where after like Silence of the Lambs had set such this like amazing high bar for what a, a horror film could be. And then kind of what came after it was a lot of like, because that was like, I mean, like you said, it's the it's end of 80s, but entrance into the 90s, yeah. this last decade of the millennium. Um, 
which like I always forget that like movies of like n- movies from 96 forward all kind of reference the millennium almost yeah. like teen comedies a lot of them yeah there was all that like anxiety over it yeah you know over the change uh but anyway so there wasn't really they weren't sure when they were like casting this movie they got like you know nev campbell she was on party of five tv courtney cox was on friends tv <laughs> You know, um, Skeet Ulrich had done The Craft, but only a few months before, you know? So, like, none of them had done, like, really big, big films. They were all kind of, like, TV actors or kind of up-and-coming people. Rose McGowan wasn't on that Charmed yet, right? Because that was, like, in the 2000s. Charmed was, like, late, late... Late nineties, early two thousands. Okay, so I, I have a I have a feeling that they probably got her on that because of her work. In yeah, Scream. maybe. Uh, but just the point was is that they weren't really sure like how it was going to work, and they didn't have a lot of really big names. You know, Drew Barrymore signed on early. She kind of she like I guess um, I think approached them for a role. Like I'd like to be involved in this, and they're like, sure, you know, great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because nobody else. You know, we're not asking any other really big names. You know, and then that kind of got Wes Craven to be even more interested in directing it and being kind of part of it. Um, unfortunately, Drew had to pull out of playing Sydney, who I guess was her origin, the original plan, and instead playing Casey Becker. Um, br- I mean, which is brilliant. I actually like that's one of the reasons I think the movie does work really well is having like you know because she was plastered over. We were talking earlier all, all over all the marketing materials. You know, everywhere it was like Drew Barrymore in Scream. You know, Drew Barrymore and like Nev Campbell. I think were the ones that got you know the billing. And then the, she's dead in like twenty minutes. Yeah, if that. I I I, can't, I think. Actually, I think it's a twelve minute. I think it's like twelve or thirteen minute opening scene. Because I'm getting the numbers confused with when a stranger calls, which is what it's based on. That like the opening twenty minutes of when a stranger calls is like almost identical, and along they, with Halloween. That and they kind remade of that too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That had been remade, but the original uh, when a stranger calls. Yeah, the original was kind of the same thing, where it was sort of this shocking beginning and then immediately killing off. You know who you thought again you're gonna like follow through the film, so you're kind of settling in, much like Nightmare on Elm Street with Tina. You know this is who's gonna yep. be the star of the movie. Oh no she's not <laughs> and that's exactly what yeah. that's like as that scene was going on as I was telling Joshua I was like he I was like at first I said did they make Drew Barrymore's hair the same right the same as Tina's <laughs> uh because the whole like I'm like okay Tina's the first person we see associated with Freddie in that entire film I'm like settling in getting ready to you know yeah. see Tina and then Tina gets offed in like, you know, one of the bloodiest things I'd seen up to that point. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, okay, well, I guess now I have to figure, I have to rethink my entire viewing of this. Yeah. And then, you know, I already kind of knew, like, going into it that Drew Barrymore wasn't going to stick through the entire thing. But just that, like, that whole sequence was just really great. Like, she yeah. was really good. So good. Yeah. She was really good. And then to, like, have them just, like gutted and splayed I out. know, right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's not even just enough to stab her to death. We also got to, like, you know, <laughs> entrails and all. Uh, yeah, so it's like I, I, I always thought that was such a good, like, choice in the film, you know, and... Uh, and I, you know, I love like the the jokes in it. Like that's the other reason that Scream works so well is it's such a great dark comedy, you know, and just some of the little things because you know Wes Craven, you know, is directing this film that comments on a genre that he largely helped build and or if nothing else, just cement. Yeah. You know, it, you know, as a very serious uh, part of the film, you know, part of our our uh, film pantheon, you know, of genres, uh, you know. So to throw in the jokes about like you know the first Nightmare on Elm Street being good, but the rest of them sucked. 
Uh, although, interestingly enough, he directed, because he did Nightmare on Elm Street, he didn't do the initial sequels, but he did make A New Nightmare, which um, came out in, like, 94, where Freddy, like, gets out of, like, he becomes part of the reality. Uh-huh. And that that bombed, too. So I, I guess I have to take back what I said earlier. It's not that he didn't do any of them. He did, he did make one more movie, but it also tanked. So it's kind of just funny that he is commenting on his own work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then the Wes Carpenter, like, joke, like, you know, kind of the, what do you call that, misnomer of uh, their names was, I don't know, the, along with all the other humor. In yeah. It. <laughs> it's just, and, like, so I so we're getting into it. Just, like, the histrionics mm-hmm. of, of um, like, Matthew Lillard's performance, just, like, overly, <laughs> just, just so much, like, overly douchey, like, I, I'm just like you know I'm like talk about someone who was typecast for for a good time period for a good period of time mm-hmm. just like having him be like that and then I think he plays similar characters in in other movies uh, going forward but just like I did not expect him to be um, to be the second killer yeah I knew I had a feeling there was gonna be two just because of scary movie but I did not expect him to be the second killer yeah um, also like Jamie Kennedy. Uh, <laughs> Jamie Kennedy's performance is really great. And then the fact that he's like on the screen, like, no, Jamie, turn around, Jamie, turn yeah, around. And yeah. I'm like, more ah. like meta, like more commentary. meta stuff. Yeah. But yeah, just like the overly like douchey 90s like guy that Matthew Lillard played. Yeah. Like when they're at, when they're sitting there at the fountain and they're just talking about like, I'm just like, this is horrible. Your classmates just got gutted last night. The bodies are not even fully cold yet. And you're already making all these terrible jokes. Um I was just like, oh, my God, this is awful. This is terrible. Right. Well, it was, con- you know, it, it's sort of commenting on... Um, you know, like media and like the desensitization. Cause think about what was like the, you know, the biggest like media case at that point. It was uh, OJ Simpson. OJ Simpson. Exactly. So this trial that's going on, there's all this kind of like, you know, I mean, those photos of their bodies were put, you know, all over the place. And there was all this discussion of like celebrity and, and, and accountability and kind of what the media's job is and what the media's job is not, you know, so it's like, it really is having that conversation and right off the top, you know, you have this horrific murder and then you have like all these kids like making jokes. Part of it is like, you know, a way to deal with it, a way to deal with gallows gallows humor and all of that. But I mean, yeah, it's very callous, very, you know, total disregard and like the tact, you know, comment, you know, it's like, yeah, like have some tact. I mean, they just died yesterday, you know, last night, only hours before we're all gathered here, Yeah, you know, talking about it. Uh, But it's a real comment on that and on like Generation X and sort of this... um, desensitization, you know, which I've spoken about, like, uh, you know, on the podcast before in, in previous episodes about, you know, my own, like, sometimes it is hard, you know, we are so used to like the horror of the world now that it's, it's kind of hard to, uh, to feel affected by it some days, Yeah, you know, which I, I feel, you know, that's something we're, we're robbed of, you know, we're, we're being robbed of that, um, human experience. Yeah. 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 By the media. <laughs> so that's one of the first big things that Scream is commenting on. Is like this true? It's it's definitely like maybe not a renaissance, but like you know you you post you know you're living now in a post trial of O.J. Simpson society exactly. mm-hmm. where you know the media was like you said media was just so saturated with all this true crime footage, and you know I think that's the that that particular 
time period is what? Like you have OJ, you have the Menendez brothers. Oh, yeah. You Definitely. have um, later Dahmer. on a Dahmer. You have um, uh, Jean Benet mm-hmm. that's coming up a little bit later. And you, yeah, it's just you you have these like whirlwind things. And which, you know, has got to be great for when you have a. Uh, um, you have Sydney Prescott like punch the journalist who's yeah, writing the book. Yes. I was like, oh my gosh, that's just, I'm, I'm like, Wes Craven definitely did um, some commentary there. Can you, oh, definitely. Speaking out for the families and um, all the loved ones that probably just want to do that. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it, it, that's such like a great scene. And then, like, right after it, because I love, like, Tatum, you know, bam. (laughs) Oh, I send you a copy, bam. Like, (laughs) she's like, I'll send you a copy of my book, bam. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Uh, But yeah. That must have been an interesting role for Courtney Cox, too, because 96, Friends premiered in 94. She's going, this was released in December of 96. So she's going into the third season of Friends. Like, she has already established. Like, she's established a career as a television star, and here she is. Yeah, and as a comedic actress. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, she actively pursued the role as well, and they did not want her. They were like, no, you, you know, you're, you're kind of already, this is who you are. You know, you're yeah. this person on Friends. I didn't watch Friends, so I don't really know much about it, except I've seen enough, like, in passing to know it's kind of goofy, and they're all goofy, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 30-year-olds trying to figure out life. Um, goofy. So she really wanted to play like an asshole. She's like, no, I really want to play like a mean girl. I, you know, I want to do something different. And uh, this was a great opportunity. She's really good at it. Really uh, good. It's, yeah, it's a great uh, character. And, and even in through the sequels, I, I really like the Gale character because uh, she is. She's like, you know, hey, I'm just going after it. Like, hey, the they the public wants the story. I'm gonna give it to them. Yeah, and I'm which gonna is, make all the money I can. <laughs> which is very similar to her character on the like short lived FX series Dirt. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Where she plays uh, Lucy Spiller, the editor of Dirt Now. Is it like a gossip rag or something? Yeah, it's like yeah. A, it's like um like a TMZ pre TM like a pre TMZ uh gossip magazine where. You know, just the most horrific things happen. I think it was the first time I watched a woman masturbate on screen. Uh, was like watching her use her vibrator. Like it was just, it oh. was, it was really. Um, I, I'll I, have to show you high tension. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just loved, um, loved like that that character because she does it so well. Because she and and it, to be fair, her character on Friends, Monica, and I might get I might get red to filth for this, but. Her her character on Friends Mon- is, can be kind of an asshole. Like it's, yeah. she's like a lovable, you know, she's very Type A and and a little OCD, just a little high maintenance, and can be kind of an asshole in her own right. But, um, you know, I think what's the 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 pairing of her with Dewey um, redeems her a little bit. Plus, I mean, ultimately redeems her because she's the one who kills, um, who puts the final you know bullet in, or no, not the final, but you know, she kills him. Uh, Kills him dead good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, and then, oh, so when... Uh, well, she doesn't kill him. Yes, she doesn't kill him, right, but right. she... But she brings, yeah. She brings it back. The uh, the first scene between uh, her and David Arquette, I was like, oh, feel the sexual tension. You can just feel it. Cut it with a knife. Oh, the, no pun intended. Right, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So um, one thing that I want to mention then... Um, and I, I was I was really shocked by this. Uh, was the I did not know that uh, that uh, 
Sydney's mother had been murdered the year before. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I hadn't seen the movie, but, you know, it's so saturated in the culture that some things you can figure out. But yeah. one thing that I thought was very... Yeah, I'm kind of... I'm bummed that you had seen the scary movie movies. Because, I mean, because because ha- even having the inkling that there's two killers, like, we... I mean, when I saw it in 90... 90- let me think. It came out in 96. It probably came out in video sometime in like summer of 97, which is the first time I saw it. Because my mom went to see it to theater. She went on a date with I mean, somebody she was dating at the time. I don't even remember. Um, and she came back like, it was so good. Like, it was so good. Like, I can't wait till it comes out on video and we'll all watch it, you know, because that was my mother, um, you know, with the horror films. And so I remember, like, we were watching. We were all sitting, like, there and be like, oh, my gosh, is it the boyfriend? Is it this person? And she's like, no, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you. And so then, you were, like, t- what, 12, 13 when uh, that came out? 12. Let's see. 96, I would have been. Let me think. In December, when it came out, because it, it was released in Los Angeles the day after my birthday in 96. So I would have been um, 12. Let me think. 84. Yeah. I would have been 12 mm-hmm. the day uh, the day it was released. I would have been 12 for one day. Yeah. Uh, so probably by 97, well, I was still, yeah, I was like 12, I think, when I first saw it. So would it be, was it was it rated R? Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I guess. Yeah, yeah. and they fought, they had to work really hard for that R rating. Uh, we'll, I can talk a little bit about that in a second. But um, I just remember seeing it for, for that very first time, and when it, when it came, and you're like, you know, he comes in, and then Stu comes in, and you're like, wait, what, what? Like, you can't have two killers. You only have one killer. Everybody knows that. You, you have Freddie. You have Michael. You have Jason. Well, I guess with Jason, it, his mother and him. Uh, but still, not in two movie. Not in one movie. Not in the same movie. You yeah. know, it's like you don't get two killers. What's happening here? Yeah. You know. So it was just really kind of a brilliant way to you know twist it. You know, because they were already kind of operating. You know, as a, as a continuum on without motives, and you know, like on this whole kind of strange like meta way that's really blurring the line between reality and and and. And, uh, you know, the media and all of that. And then there's, like, two killers. And you're like, wait, what? So it was, you know, that's, uh, yeah. I'm just, I kind of, it, it's a bummer that you kind of had that inkling. Because it's really what makes the movie surprising. That's, like, the real big twist. And not even that killers. it's, you know, Billy. Because, I mean, you kind of feel the whole time. Like, I mean, that's who I thought would be the killer, regardless. Yeah. But, so it's a nice twist when it's not. It's both of them. <laughs> and it's just, like, it was just so... Well, I did. I was surprised when it was uh, Matthew Lillard. Mm. So when he comes out, and I'm like, "Oh, it's you." Who did you think otherwise? If see, that's the thing. I was I was kind of leaning toward Jamie Kennedy. Okay. Um, I was leaning toward Jamie Kennedy because um, I just felt like until I realized when he was on the chair, I'm like, "Oh no, it can't be him because he's he." I was trying to figure out who they were parodying in the in scary movie. So I'm like, oh no, he's, you know, one of the Wayne's brothers with the fro, the the stoner. That's who James Yeah, is. the one who like sucks on the wound. Yeah, su- like, like the sucks on the smoke. the pot smoke out of the womb. <laughs> yeah. Um but I was kind <laughs> of I was so. not expecting um Matthew Lillard. Like I just completely forgot about him. Mm-hmm. Uh I thought that was really interesting when he when he came out and um and it was uh and then the other thing too is that now like there's that whole scene in scary movie you know, again, spoilers for scary movie that uh, yeah, where the seventeen years old when he uh, <laughs> um, the Billy character there, he's all like, "I'm gay. I actually don't even like you. I'm gay." And then you know he has that whole thing with Ray, and and then and then I was like, 
is that what's going on? Is that what they're hinting at in the in the actual film and scream? And I'm like, oh, well, I mean, I guess when he like puts his head on his shoulders, like there's an overly familiar, there's definitely like homoerotic, I felt, I mean, I don't know if I'm just reading too much into this, but there was just a homoerotic feeling between the two of them. Like it was just so intimate, like mm-hmm. their, their reasons for doing it and like, you know, Skeet Ulrich has the entire fucking movie's been serving face, like angles, <laughs> angles, just like, like his mommy issues his mommy issues very like <laughs> you know very like grace jones just like boom like v and i i, <laughs> I, was, I don't know i'm just like wow well he, I, he was more or less chosen one because i mean you know he was pretty good in the craft and they assumed that he and nev campbell would have a good uh relationship on you know because they were already kind of familiar with each other and two because you know he sort of looked like johnny depp in the original you know nightmare on elm street you know yes. kind of had that sort of vibe going as well so um, you know, I'm sure his prettiness uh, definitely helped. You know, I've never really thought about looking at it th- from a homoerotic like subtext. You know, the whole like they penetrate each other with the knives and all that. It's yeah. you know, there is sort of that. But yeah, I've never really you know, I don't I don't think it's meant to give that impression. Um, but you know, because to me, it's like Billy's obviously running the show. You know, and I think that he just needed somebody like stupid enough to kind of follow him, and you know, yeah. There he is. Stu's the perfect like person for that. And the moment of surprise on Stu's face when he thinks like it's definitely apparent to Stu that it's just there's no motive, there's no reason. It's just yeah, it's just us doing it because we can. Um, yeah, we want to get away with it. And then to see like when Billy says his motive, like oh yeah, no, there's actual real reasons. There, there's like that look of surprise on his face, mm-hmm. almost like oh, like oh, I didn't even think about. I it. was like you had <laughs> you've had this the entire time. Um, which kind of goes back to what I had just said about like Sydney's mother. Mm-hmm. You have like, you have what I always, what I've always felt is kind of a no, no where you're, you, um, you're taking a dead, a character who is dead. Um, and then you're kind of like soiling their memory. You're soiling yeah. their memory almost. But at the same time, I, as I'm thinking about it now, it, it draws a lot of parallels to, um, Nancy's mother in, uh, in Nightmare on Elm Street, where mm-hmm. she has her drinking problem, so right. like you, you know, no one's perfect, basically. Yeah, and um, you know, I like you. I think you said that they go over. They talk a little bit more about her mother's reputation um, in the other movies. Well, no, just that, yeah, her her characters expanded on okay. as the movies, like, progressed. So, like, it, it was very yeah. interesting to kind of, like, to bring that all about and just be like, no, it's just, mm-hmm. no, oh, he's, he's a, she was a tramp, and this, she, she got what was yeah. eventually, you know, she got what was coming to her, almost kind of thing. Yeah. And I was just thought that was just so, such an interesting choice. Yeah. Well, and again, it goes back to that whole, you know, conversation of, you know, of misogyny and horror and, you know, you know, tor- torturing a woman to death for being maybe sexually free. Yeah. Or not, not living life by the standards of what, you know, everybody else exactly. thinks she should be doing. And then have Lee Schreiber. Yeah. As... He's also a bigger part of the later movies. Okay, so They good. explore that further. We should definitely watch Scream 2 because it's definitely the best uh, sequel, I think. And they actually did a really good job. And I think it made, if not the same amount, almost as much as the original. Okay. Like, and, and actually is pretty critically, you know, because it's, it, it's great because it's a whole comment on sequels. 
you know, so like what, what happens in a sequel of a horror film and what can happen? What are the rules, you know, they change for the sequel? Uh, so it's, it's, I think pretty good. And, and it even opens up with this whole um, awesome conversation about uh, being black in a horror film with uh, Jada Pinkett Smith. And I cannot remember the other actor, but they're like in a, you know, in line to see a movie and it's, is it part, I think it's like part two of a movie. No, no, it's the first. Because so the second film is based. So Gail's book has come out, and it was a big success. The Woodsboro Killings, or whatever it's called, and it's been it's been made into a movie called Stab with <laughs> yes. uh, with uh, Tori Spelling, of course, because that's to go back to the joke Where that she said, yeah, "Oh she yeah, makes. I played tor- played by Tori Spelling." So they're gonna go and see it, and she's just you know Jada Pinkett Smith's character's all like, "This is so stupid. Like, why are we seeing this movie? Like, you know, who is also a TV star at the time, right? Nine hundred two one zero. Jada Pinkett Smith? No, 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 Tori Spelling. Oh, Tori Spelling, yes, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so her whole, her character's whole thing is just like, you know, this is so dumb, like, why are we seeing this movie? All these, you know, white people, and we know that the, you know, the horror films are historically, like, racist, and, you know, all, it, it's just really great, and, uh, <laughs> it's, you know, she, there's this whole, like, scene where they're giving out free costumes, like, free, you know, like, uh, whatever gifts of, like, the costume in the movie, and she's like, they give it to her, she goes, oh, look, it's white. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like this great moment but so we'll have to watch it because it's it's actually pretty good and again like the reveal and you know they further explore some of the stuff from you and know, I, the first movie and I know nothing about Scream 2 so yeah we'll definitely have to watch it because uh, it was uh, was pretty pretty good it's a pretty good movie I will say as far as sequels as go as far as sequels go is it one of the better sequels um yeah I would say I mean I you know again like you have to grade things on curves yeah. You know, so, and it just depends. Like it's for not me, a Nightmare Three Dream Warriors. No, I was just about to say that, <laughs> that I definitely hope that one's high up there in esteem. You know, but I mean, I, there are days where I almost put that in before I would put in the original Nightmare, just because I really like that that movie. You know, I, I just I like it a lot. I have a lot of fond memories around it. Uh, so it's just it's that kind of thing. It you know takes me back to a very particular place in time. You know, movies themselves. I don't even really compare them to each other because they're just telling the story in such a radically different way. Where you know, um, Alien is very Hitchcock. You know, it's kind of this one set, one place. You know, everybody's kind of trapped there together. Nothing they can do. Whereas, like with Aliens, there's a lot more people, a lot more sets, a lot more spaces. You know, a lot, a lot more happening. It's so, a little more like it's a little more much. It's, yeah, it's it, it's 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 crafted uh, you know on other like action films of like the of the 80s, you know, whereas, you know, Alien is again much more Hitchcock. It, it's horror is built on a totally different basis. Uh, you know, so for the sequel they really wanted big explosions and guns and more military and you know, do, you know all that kind of stuff. Which so. by the way, pour one out for Bill Paxton. Right. Yes. RIP Bill Paxton, thank you for uh, Lieutenant Hicks. I thought it was so sexy when I was a when I was a youngling. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, yeah. So we'll have to do you know we'll have to watch Scream Two and uh, we'll have to do a special thing on like. Sequels. I think we yeah I actually yeah I really think it'd be fun to kind of look at some different sequels, especially now that you've seen like you know the movies uh, and, all, and almost all the movies that we were discussing have sequels in some form or another uh, because they're so such powerful institutions in and of themselves. Of course, they have inspired you know the. The uh, studio wigs, the you know big wigs that want to make all their money. Yeah, yeah make that money. Want to go back in. So yeah, so yeah, so the sequel. Uh, we'll <laughs> I was going to say because you had seen like scary movie. Um, that was actually the original name for Scream. Mm-hmm. It was under was under scary movie, and they changed it like the last minute. Which they say a lot. 
They say yeah. that. They say that a lot. Yeah. Um, which it makes sense that you know they would they would eventually use that for uh, they would use that for um, the parody. The parody. Yeah. But um, you mean within the films talking about scary movies? Yeah. And, they say well, like they mm-hmm. just mention it a lot and. Um, Matthew Lillard's whole thing about the sequel. I'm yeah. like, did, I wonder if they knew that they were going to go to sequel after that. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm sure. I mean, the Weinsteins were involved. There was going to be a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With or without anybody, yeah, uh, part of the money. original creative team's involvement. Uh, but I think uh, Kevin Williamson has written all the all the sequels. Uh, I think he had actually already written... He had written the script and two possible like treatments for how the sequels could go, hoping to sell it as a franchise anyways. Got it. So, I mean, he, he had an, every intention of it being like his, you know, his Halloween or his, you know. What did you think of the f- of the fourth film? Did you happen to watch the fourth film? Yeah, I liked it. Again, it was like ultra me- meta, <laughs> you know, because now they're like making, uh, like what is the whole c- crux of it? They're like making a movie where she, it's like another, like another sequel or something because she's like, it's the same, right? It's what the girl who's going to play her. No idea. Oh, uh, whatever. I mean, you know, yeah. they're all a little, you know, I, I can't remember what it was about. That's sad. Um, I, I, I saw it definitely because uh, I wanted to, you know, see Scream 4, mm-hmm. you know. Let me just, I need to refresh my, my memory blocks. Here. Refreshing the memory blocks. Right. Um, on what it, the hell it was actually about, which is, again, like I said, sad. Uh, but, it's you know, you see everything. You know, all the time, you know, you see all these movies. They all kind of mesh together is what you're saying? Yeah. I did enjoy the poster, how they used the four for an A, uh, which, you know, if you do, if you go to um, my Gorefest parties, I always try, you know, the numbers. Yes, yes. I always hide them in the, in the name. Which I, I think we've mentioned on the show, but I just want to bring it up again. Uh, Halloween parties, the Joshua's, Joshua's Halloween parties are, have a theme. They're Gorefest and, um, the Gorefest is always the the subtitle or the colon Gorefest colon and then whatever um uh whatever the number is uh or whatever the theme is is always some sort of like trope of horror or you know like yeah. I think the most recent one was <laughs> Gorefest when animals attack. Yeah, I unfortunately the last couple years it's been, you know, we just haven't had the time where we've been out. Like we didn't have one last year because we were on the boat, we were on the cruise. Uh-huh. Uh so I'm definitely trying to bring it back this year because I really want to I want to do uh, Gorefest in space. Cause that's all like, yes. when you have when you have no other options for a sequel you go to space. That's like, <laughs> that's like the big rule uh, with sequels. Sorry, I'm trying to like figure out. It's like, oh right, Sydney's written a book, and she's like, you know, talking about her own like experience. But I thought there was a whole thing where they're making like a movie. I think that's. But three. I think I'm yeah. I think I must be mistaking it with the other one. Yeah, you're right. But yes, yeah, so whatever. Anyways, um, I think I think well, Gorefest. Um, when animals attack, I think that year it came as the cat in the hat. Yeah. Um, and then you've had Gorefest season of the witch. Yeah, we've done. Yeah, we did. All, so we had the first one, and then we did um, the son of Gorefest. That was the two, the sequel, and yes. then we did Bride of Gorefest because that's always the next thing. You know, there's Bride of Frankenstein, Bride of Chucky. You know, um, and then Children of the Gore. Yeah, I remember that Creepy one. Children. Yeah, we did the whole thing because yeah, we show all the movies. Uh, and then, yeah, I think we did Season of the Witch and then the When Animals Attack. So, yeah, the next one, I think I'm going to do Gorefest in space. So Yes. I think it'll be fun. No one can hear you scream. No one can hear you scream. And one of these years, we'll do Gorefest X. You know, not 10. X. You got to have an X. You can't, if you do a 10th film, you can't have number 10. It has to be X. Jason X. 
you know, <laughs> gotta you gotta have the X. So, but anyways, now we're off topic talking yes. about parties. But yeah, I, it hasn't been as great as it's been in the past. Uh, so I got I really got to work hard on. Got to step it up this year. Yeah, gotta I got to your pussy I gotta, up. I got to bring it back. <laughs> I'm no. sorry, that's a RuPaul thing. I know. I was like, <laughs> and it's so terribly misogynistic and gross. I know. <laughs> it's just. Anyways, um, and it's not even him. It's the other one. It's that uh, T S T S Madison. Yeah, T S Madison. That was her her uh, video, like that she did, like telling trans women, like you know, if you don't want to like get harassed or whatever, then you need to like look more. That's what I took from it. Oh my god, you need to look more like a woman. Like you need to like step it up, you know. And I was just like, this is really horrific and gross. Uh, that's what I took from it. I did not know that T.S. So. Madison did a video like that, though. Yeah, yeah. She was just like, yeah, just saying like trans women needed to, like she was using it to say step, like step your womanhood up, like step your femininity up. And it's like, no, see, we're trying not to like be defined by that. You know? Yeah. And it just felt really victim blaming and gross. So anyways, <laughs> now we are really like over here. Really have to, but anyway, you um, wanted to, um, you, there was some really good insights from one of the books that were one of our texts. Oh yeah. Projected fears, horror films in American culture, Kendall R. Phillips, uh, which we have not, uh, we haven't really been referencing lately. Um, well, the Silence of the Lambs chapter was pretty good, but um, I'd written that paper, so we used that instead. Yes. <laughs> we used my, my analyses. You're now published um, over the airwaves. <laughs> right. Um, I, I, no, it's just interesting because it's just looking at her as like the ultimate final girl. You know, we've discussed the final girl, um, trope on this series, obviously, cause you cannot avoid that, um, or ignore it if you're going to talk about horror. Uh, so it's kind of looking at Sydney as like, not only like she's, um, she doesn't p- participate in like the you know, the comedy around the deaths, you know, it's clear that she mourns these people, that she's very concerned with it. Um, which not, I mean, everybody else does, you yeah, know, yeah, pretty yeah. much that she sort of stands out. Um, but there was just sort of an interesting kind of thing that, so, so scream is, is very much like almost a remake of Halloween in a way, uh-huh. you know, it's very, uh, very much kind of follows that same similar kind of blueprint. Um, and, but rather than being like Laurie Strode or even like um, Sally from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, you know, she's pulling her like inner strength from like Clarice Starling, you know. So she was kind of, I feel like, yeah, um, Sydney Prescott really stands as like that next evolution. You know, you have Clarice Starling and then you have like Sydney Prescott, you know, when in looking at this pantheon of, that's the word of the day. Ding, 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 ding. Because I've now said it twice for I don't know why. But anyway, but, right. <laughs> but, you know, when you have like women like that, like, you know, Sally and Laurie Strode and Nancy, you know, Thompson, you know, you have like these women that kind of stand out. So so there's, you know, Sydney Prescott, uh, you know, she fights back and she really refuses, you know, her positioning, you know, within like the horror genre. You know, she breaks like a lot, all the rules. You know, she has sex with her boyfriend and she still survives, um, which is very, I think important, you know, in the context of what we've been talking about, about punishing female sexuality and sensuality and, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, all of that. Um, It's, you know, obviously she outsmarts the killers and, uh, you know, that is the one thing I will criticize Scream for is it doesn't make, like, if I'm them, like, I would not have started stabbing each other until I'd set up, like, I would have killed Sydney and, like, the father and did all that and then, like, okay, well, let's get our story together. That was the only part of it that didn't, has never made much sense to me. Yeah. Like, why would they start that so soon? Except that I think Billy just wanted to get Stu out of the way. Yes. So it's like he wanted to kill him, you know? It's, it was like, it was he very stabbed premature. Him so much. Yeah. yeah. 
But anyway, so regardless, so they're all wrapped up in themselves about how smart they are and how they're going to get away with it. And she's like, fuck you guys. I'm going to steal your phones. I'm going to put on your costume and start calling you from inside the house. And, <laughs> you know, like turning the whole thing on you. So, which I was very really, interesting. I was really shocked by that. I'm like, oh, I'm like all of a sudden it's like, bam, switch. And she's like, now the, now the, the mouse, the hunter, the cat has become the mouse. And, yeah. And, and it just completely switched. And I'm, and you know, I hate, I was just telling a friend yesterday that I hate when people go to movies and they're like, that's not realistic. I'm like, it's a fucking movie. Get over right. it. But like, for me, I started, I was like, oh my God, like that was just really, that was just a quick turn to just be, to, to find like your, your voice and your power in that, in, in, in that um, particular yeah. instance. But, it, but that's not true for her. Cause throughout the whole movie, she's like, um, you know, this is stupid. We're not in a movie. Uh, you know, these movies are dumb. They're so sexist. You know, the, the big breasted girl, you know, running up the stairs when she should be running out the front door, which is great because, she, you know, in that immediate aftermath scene, she's immediately put into a situation where she tries to go for the door and cannot. So she has to run up the stairs. So yeah. it's it's kind of a brilliant com- comment even on that. Like, well, this is what I would do if I was in a horror film. And well, now you are in a horror film and you're still making the same choice. Yeah, surprise. You know, which, of course, again, we're talking like meta, ultra meta now here. Here, you know, with like, you know, how aware. So the whole film, she's like aware, like she's like, I am not in a horror film. Like I am not like playing by these rules. This is stupid, <laughs> you know? So it's not too much of a surprise. It is kind of weird that she puts on the costume and does the whole thing. But, and, and I don't know if that's just an effect because they, they needed a stunt woman to perform like the, the stunt, you know, be- between, um, uh, Skeet Ulrich when he gets stabbed with the umbrella. Yeah. Um, who fucked it up, by the way, and hit him like you know uh, off the vest that he was wearing, and like actually injured him, and that's kept in the film, uh, much like Ellen Burstyn's coccyx being broken in, in The Exorcist. Wow! Uh, so more uh, blurred lines, um, uh, for uh, you know in in the film between <laughs> you know of, of damaging. Sorry, the cats. We I let we let the cats in, and now they're being weird. Uh, sure. I, I don't know. He's, we're opening the door, but that that door leads to the litter box, so it could be it could become very uh, uncomfortable in here in a moment. <laughs> uh, welcome to real life, uh, people. Um, we're surrounded by we're, we're surrounded. We are surrounded. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> but anyway, so uh, yes. to continue on with her, uh, the the analysis of like uh, of her character, so you know. Th- the book here says that she represents like a hope for generation X, you know, that they're battling against like the baby boomers that raised them, uh, you know, and that have informed their generation. Uh, so she's sort of like that, this, this character, um, of a powerful symbol for the final girl who rejects the murderous relations, uh, broadcast to her, refuses to be desensitized, uh, by, you know, all the murder and all the, all the graphic stuff that's happening around her. And um, in the end, she is saved not through knowledge of the genre, you know, because obviously she says how much she hates slasher movies the whole time, uh, but by her inner strength of character. Um, Yeah, so... I, I mean, that's, you know, just kind of looking at her as like, you know, I feel yeah. like she was the last really good um, iteration of what the final girl could be. Because yeah, yeah, now, yeah. you know, because like, you know, and you look at each one. So Sally runs around screaming the whole time. She survives the film, but she survives it extremely like psychologically broken at the end, laughing hysterically and crying. And, you know, you, you, it's not like she really fought back. And you, she there's just no real away. closure because yeah. you, you're left with like Leatherface 
dancing with his chainsaw in the right. sun. Like there's there's exactly. no real closure there. Yeah. And then the next and then you have like Laurie Strode who you know, also like, you know, does fight back. Uh, but even then, you know, she's also sort of left very broken and damaged by it. You know, there's a lot of, um, you know, it's not like she's getting up and like really like fighting, you know, she stabs him and then leaves him and he gets right. You know what I mean? She's not, she's yeah. not shooting him in the head like Sydney does. So you have that. She's like the next. And so the girls who've kind of followed after her have been more, I feel more modeled on, on the Sydney Prescott. Like, like here's a female, you know, uh, final girl that doesn't is, is subverting, the genre, you know, yeah, yeah, subverting yeah. the whole, the, the conversation. Um, and I'm sure we could sit back and, you know, still pick apart the film and a lot, you know, a lot of, you know, misogyny and all of that, the way that the, you know, female characters are um, portrayed and murdered and, you know, still, you know, but uh, I feel like there's a really, well, I don't know how many, like, what are all the deaths in the movie from the, the murders? There's... Casey um, and Steve right at the beginning. Casey so you have a man and a woman right off. So that's pretty um, equal. Henry Winkler. And they're both shown very graphically. Yes, very graphically. Um, Henry Winkler, his character. Um, Tatum. Tatum. So that now we're still two and two, men the and cam- women, both cameraman. shown kind of the same. He gets his neck, yeah, his neck slashed. And then that's it, right? That's the five deaths, but besides the killers. Besides the killers, yeah. Yeah. So there's actually. There's more one men. more man killed yeah. than and all of it and all of them kind of equally graphic, you know. So I don't know. I mean, we could kind of because it's also not overly sexualized. There's no titties in it. Even the even the Halloween yeah. the, the clip they show from Halloween, they don't actually show her breasts, you know. So there's none of that. I mean, there's a lot of um, nip, nipples under the sweater that yes, nipple <laughs> nipple sweater that uh, Rose McGowan is giving us. But but I mean, there's not a lot of like graphics. Even even the scene between. Um, Sydney and Billy isn't sh- isn't shown. It's very chaste. Yeah, it's very chaste for for uh, which what is also we're used to. another subversion of the genre because absolutely you know, yeah yeah you come to a horror film at least like you know you're gonna expect some titties somewhere yeah with the titties <laughs> with it show me the bangs uh, so gross but but I mean it's just the truth of the genre that you know yeah you usually you do expect it so again like the, the, the it subverts horror in a lot of different ways so I I really dig um I dig I dig the Sydney Prescott character and, and she continues to be like that in the in the series uh, just the way that like just the way that um. That Rose McGowan gets it, just the way the Taylor oh, character gets no. it. It's just completely, it's just awful. I mean, yeah. it's, it's awful, but it's just very, mm-hmm. you know, she's expressing, she's not, she's not expressed, um, like deviant sexuality. Like she, she rebuffs her boyfriend, you know, mm-hmm. but she, and she's just getting drinks for the party, but like she shows her nip, her, like her nipples are obviously right, showing underneath. Yeah. What I thought was just really interesting was just the, you know, how violently she gets it is just so it was a little jarring because there was like you know her panties are showing underneath her skirt and all that stuff and i'm like yeah it's a little it's definitely a little sexualized yeah it's it's sexual she fights back a lot i mean throwing those bottles and she's like ready to fight him to death you know so it's which is another thing because like the with i feel like with with um, the killers in this film with uh ghost the ghost face killer ghost face killers right um, ghost face killer they you hear a lot of grunting they're mm-hmm. like very dynamic yeah absolutely villain they're not like lurk in the dark come get you like it's very they're very dynamic right in that regard you might just want to grab him and i'm like, just going to grab him throw him down cuz he's going to jump on you but yeah absolutely so I also really, uh, you know, I, I, it's cool, like, the way that the killers die, you know? Like, Stu, 
being like crushed by the TV, like further, like, you know, it's this whole like comment on, you know, the meta reality of everything, you know, is he, uh, he's so warped by like television violence and then he's like crushed by a TV. I just think that's great. Um, yeah, she's so crushed by a TV and then, then like, you know, crushed by, um, Halloween, Right, yeah, no yeah. less. Yeah, exactly. No less crushed by Halloween, which I feel like, <laughs> I don't know if that's just a thing of the 90s, because in Gross Point Blank um, with John Travolta, with uh, John Travolta, John Cusack, they kill, one of the other people in that gets killed by a TV through the head. I feel like that was oh. something that you saw a lot huh. in the 90s, is like a TV through the head. Maybe. Yeah, just put, yeah, just push them down. They're fine. Yeah. They, they're They'll not, land on their feet. They're not glass. And they, uh, yeah. Sometimes I get a kitty a glass. <laughs> but yeah, um, so that, yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, I, I always thought that was a really good comment on the whole thing. It's like, you know, because he doesn't really have a motive. He says it's like peer pressure and, you know, he's just there to, to, to he's do like, it. He's like, I'm psychotic. Yeah, so here we are, you know, getting, you know, crushed by the TV. Um, and especially like, you know, the, the, in the very end when uh, Gail is giving her, like, he's yeah. starting to give her a recount of it and how, like, you know, the sleepy, the farmhouse and the sleepy yeah. town. It's, it's so like, unassuming. It's so unassuming. It's so, like, what it, how did, it's very, um, it's, like, boring almost. And they're just, and this is a way to almost spice things up. Yeah, exactly. And she gets, some, like, something out of, of, out of a horror film, you know? So, yeah, or some scary movie, I think is what she says. Uh, again, you know, the scary movie thing. Um, so I guess we also can't talk about Scream uh, without talking about, uh, like, Columbine. And really? And sort of what came after. Uh, there were several, several co- like, murders. And so the film that was already, in the, I mean, you know, the, the theoretical, like, viewpoint of the film is, like, examining... Do horror films make people violent? Which, you know, Billy says the whole thing, like, no, they just make us more creative. Um, you know, but that's the whole question throughout the whole movie. Like, you know, is the, are these movies warping brains and making people, like, kill each other? Which, in the end, not really. The, his motive is, is like, uh, you know, mommy issues um, and, you know, uh, unchecked psychosis <laughs> of some sort. Yes. You know, uh, abandonment issues. Uh, Much ba- A really bad attachment uh, disorder, you know, probably. Uh, or uh, some, some you know, things related to that, uh, to attachment. Um, you know, it's, they're, not, they're not even really blaming. But, of course, I mean, nobody, I guess, really would. Unless, I mean, your, your attorney might uh, to get you out of a case. Go, well, yeah. actually, it's Wes Craven's fault and I... Uh, my uh, client murdered all these people. Uh, it's just, it's easy. It's, it's sort of lazy, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it does beg the question, uh, you know, so in, in the aftermath and in, in, in the late nineties, you know, we had such a rash of, you know, of violence and, you know, lots of people saying that scream was inspiring. You know, these two boys attacked this other guy and stabbed him to death, you know, or didn't, didn't kill him, but stabbed him. And he, he said, I think they did it because of this movie. So, you know, you have to look at the real world, violence that happened in the aftermath of Scream and it's sort of ironic that the movie trying to make a comment is then kind of blamed uh, for uh, creating for death, violence creating tragedy yeah um, I don't know I just kind of wanted to bring it up I was I was looking trying to look to see I had a uh, there was a whole list of things oh and well that- first the movie itself was inspired by like the Gainesville Ripper uh, in I think Florida, this guy he murdered um, eight eight people, five college students, and uh, 
Daniel Harold Rowling. Rowling. Three names. Got to have three names. Got to have those three names. American serial killer, murdered five students in Gainesville, Florida. Uh, and then a, another triple homicide in Shreveport, Louisiana. Shreveport. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he murdered in Santa Fe College. And so that was kind of what uh, Kevin Williamson was seeing on the TV uh, when he was writing and working on it. So it was kind of, uh, that was a big uh, influence. Uh, controversies, yeah. So Mario, Mario Padilla and Samuel Ramirez stabbed Mario's mother, Gina Castillo, 45 times killing her. This was in 1998, January of 98. Uh, it became known as the Scream Murder. And uh, the boys claimed they were inspired by Scream and Scream 2 and that they had uh, killed the mother uh, because they needed money uh, to fund a killing spree. <laughs> which would include huh. purchasing two ghost face costumes as well as a voice changer used by the character in the film. Um, the psychologist Madeline Levine, uh, who was part of the trial as like expert witness, said there were a whole bunch of reasons why they acted out that way, but did the movie provide a blueprint? Absolutely. Uh, so there you go. Um, 13-year-old Ashley Murray in 99, stabbed multiple times in the head and back before being left for dead by his then-friend, so Ashley's a male, uh, by two friends, Daniel Gill and Robert Fuller. Uh, they, he was discovered by a man walking his dog, so he was able to survive, but they said the same thing, that, um, that the movie had influenced them, along with physical abuse, drugs, and exposure to black magic in their home lives. Oh. Yeah. Uh... Black magic. Yeah. And then the Columbine High School Massacre, uh, the increasing news media reports on the effect on violent films, games, and other media in society. Uh, they, there was the, the United States Senate Commerce Committee held a hearing about Hollywood's marketing of films to youths, uh, specifically on horror films, and they showed the opening uh, scene from Scream uh, as an example of uh, negative Wow. Impact on kids, and then in the you know in in the time that's followed, you know, kind of comes up a lot of times in violence against uh, or violence in in culture. So I don't know thoughts. Do you think that we? Uh, do you I think, think that films I mean, make people kill people? I think do guns kill people? <laughs> I think people kill. Oh God, I think people kill people. Um, I don't know. I don't want to. I. I know it's there's no answer. I feel I'm like just... it's just I mean like <laughs> I mean I'm surprised they didn't bring in murder by numbers like <laughs> right. Yeah. Cuz you know that's that's kind of what also murder by numbers is also about too but like there's it's you can't sure just they brought up you can't just blame Hollywood too. You you're talking about like also these true crime a lot like the tr whole true crime kind of media right. media landscape mm -hmm. um and most horror films are based on some kind of ounce of truth that's that has happened already. Exactly. You know? So we're putting it together and then out, you know. But like the the um, just like the frequency, or at least like the reported frequency, I should say, uh, of like these types of serial killings, mass killings, it's yeah. just not. It just doesn't jive with me. So I I, I don't know. I mean, I, maybe they were inspired, but like people are inspired by by works like all the time. Um, that doesn't, Very you know, true. that doesn't mean, uh, you know, if if the 
they were not, no one is killing. There would be a lot more if this was like the, you know. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I, how I view it. It's like, okay, well, if it's if it's making people do things, then a hell of a lot more of us should be doing it. Yeah. Um, again. It's not like the following where right. I think the premise of the following is that like he's getting people to commit right. murders in his name. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Wes Craven's out there like, oh, who can I get to, you know, I want to murder these three teenagers in this small town in Ohio. Like, how can I, yeah. <laughs> how can I make that happen? You know, it, it, it just, it seems very... Yeah, strange. But, you know, and again, it's like, because I think that we make horror for, for a cultural reason, you know, to work out anxiety and that, you know, we, we've always loved telling each other scary stories. So if you go back in history, you know, do people like blame like books like, oh, or this, oh, this scary story is told around the campfire. Now one of us went out and murdered people like, I, you know, it's like I think there has to be already. Yeah. It, it, it could be a motivating factor for other things that are going on. And the scary stories were always like a warning. They were always right. warnings for people to like stay yeah. in your lane and don't. Yeah. Like behave, don't yeah. do this, otherwise something's gonna happen. And that's to what you. horror serves the function of now. It's like it's yeah. modern for like folklore in the same in the same way. Like the, don't have sex, don't drink, don't do drugs, or you're gonna be murdered. You know, you're gonna be you're gonna be murdered to death. <laughs> As a poet, you're gonna be murdered to life. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, but again, I mean I'm not you know, if we open up that whole can of worms, we'd have to we could talk for hours on it because I mean I have lots of books on that too. <laughs> Girl, yes. Uh, but yeah, so anyways, any other final thoughts on Scream? Um, I'm glad I really liked it. it. Yeah. Um, I think this is my new favorite now. Right. I love that. I love how each time I show you one, it's the new favorite. Uh, I mean, Silence of the Lambs um, is always going to be, but like, I think this one is, it's good because I like the, it kind of just read, like you said in the beginning, it reinforces everything we've been talking about. Um, and, um, one thing I want to mention is like, you know, kind of playing off of this is that when people ask me what this show's about and I say, oh yeah, I have a podcast. What's it about? I go into my, well, I don't like horror films too much. And then my friend Joshua is like an aficionado and all this stuff. And so people, sometimes I've said this to people and they say, oh, like horror, like I don't really like scary movies. Oh, why? They turn their nose up at it yeah, for one yeah. reason or another. Of course. Which, you know, I, I have done at one point uh, before I was uh, awakened. Before I was awakened. And, um, woke. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hashtag. <laughs> hashtag woke. Hashtag horror work woke. <laughs> um, make that trend, folks. Hashtag horror woke. Right. Um, and <laughs> I, I, I start going into, I start, I start going into a little bit and I, cause there's two, two folks at work were asking me like, Oh, tell me like why horror? And I'm like, well, we talk about like, and then I say like, cult- I go into the whole thing about like cultural anxiety and how it's a, it's a comet commentary. And, you know, you're basically, you know, you're dialing things up to 11 when, um, you're trying to go over, um, you're trying to go over, uh, uh, negotiate things that are going on in the culture and horror is a really good way to do that yeah. because it just takes it to like that next level and makes it magnifies it to such a degree. And they were like, at least my two viewers were like, Oh wow. Do you just have an answer for everything? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, because well, yeah, we want to go out and do this. We can't like, yeah, not have a reason. I know it's like we. I haven't been sitting here for like fourteen episodes, just and yeah. and like of some change with our extra credit and not like enjoy it. So like I'm not, 
I still would not say I'm all the way to like the level of like a gore hound. Yeah. I'm I'm not th- which isn't the point. Yeah, and, but like I definitely can appreciate it as like an art form. Like I I kind of feel like those you see how like those are there are professors who are like really are experts and really well versed mm-hmm. in their subject matter, but you look at them and you don't really think like, "Oh, you would like you 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 don't yeah. even look like you like that." When you go cuz there's there's work and then there's play. This is not so much work is that I just like a good story. I yeah. like a good story. I love a lot of rhetorical criticism and this is, you know, I I feel like this should be something we say on like the final, on our on our final show, but I um, I feel like I just wanted to say that now because I I'm starting to notice me changing my attitudes towards horror. Yeah, and like when something comes out or I'm you know I'm I've been known to like spend two hours just watching trailers on the iTunes store um, on Apple movies and now I'm like actually looking at trailers for horror stuff and thinking about oh, I want to watch that. Or, oh, that sounds like a really good thing. I wonder if it's going to be similar to this thing yeah. that I've already seen. Um, like, there's a there's a, there's a a movie coming out with Ethan Embry, or there's a movie that's on streaming right now called The Devil's Candy, which has very, like, the plot is very similar to Amityville. Um, and, huh. and, yeah, I was like, oh, Amityville. Cool. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, the effects. It's happening. I'm changing. Yeah, yeah. You changing people. It. <laughs> yeah, I had a conversation with a friend. Uh, I shouldn't say a friend; it's like a coworker um, who might, who could be a friend. He, he's very nice to talk to, and, like a work friend. Yeah, exactly. Uh, out, we were out last night for a, a coworker's birthday at um, Tiger Tiger, and then we went to the Whistle Stop Bar. Uh, but beforehand we were just talking because like, I didn't really know anybody at the table. Like I thought more of like people that I knew were going to be there so that I knew I would have like people to hang out with because I just went kind of on my own. So at first I was like, Ooh, I, don't, I don't really know like everybody Who here. Are these people? I don't yeah. know. Um, but it turned out really fun because I sat across from the, this guy, Jack, and we just got into this whole conversation about horror. And like I said, the final girl, he's like, see, nobody talks about that. Like nobody talks about the fire. So he's like in that same kind of theoretical, like cultural anxiety analysis of horror. And so we just had a really good time talking about all kinds of horror yeah. films and all, you know. So, you know, it's out there. It's like, you know, I think people, you know, can get what we're doing. I, you know, again, like I always have fun on this podcast. I think it's definitely become more fun than anything. Like, you know, I think, you know, when we set out and started, it had much more of an academic kind of approach but it's like I really like how it's kind of turned you know into what it has and what it's become I think it's a lot of fun and uh, so yeah I really enjoy doing it and I hope that we uh, hope we're able to continue this isn't the last episode folks we have two I know more. right we have like two or three more shows <laughs> exactly after this. just for yeah and then hopefully we'll do but I just wanted we'll to check to in semester because I'm starting <laughs> to see the changes and yeah. now that we're getting into these modern classics yeah. where um because you know, I, I'm talking when initially when I was talking to people, like, "What have you watched?" Or, oh, I watched Dracula and the Thing from Another World, and they're like, "Oh, okay." And what are you going to watch sooner? So now that I'm going into these modern classics that are like people's like favorites and absolute favorites, touchstone, yeah. like this is where got this is what got them into horror from the yeah. beginning. Um, I've been I it's it's more interesting because now I've had to like explain myself or talk a little bit more about our show too. Yeah. Um, one thing I will say that has nothing to do with Scream, um, I feel like I've seen a lot of uh, cultural references to, or like in popular culture right now, to the people under the stairs. Mm. I've seen a lot of like, it's very people under the stairs or talking about people under the stairs. I'm like, oh, this is weird because, you know, Bader-Meinhof, the Bader-Meinhof phenomena where like you you buy a new car and all of a sudden you see that same car everywhere. So like right. you're, you're more awake to it now. So 
I feel like, oh, well, I think maybe that's like the universe, quote unquote, telling me to go watch people in the stairs. But yeah. it was just really interesting how that's going to happen. Yeah, anyway, it's another Wes Craven movie. So yes. Anyway, go ahead. No, I that, I didn't have anything else to say. Uh, really, I uh, Scream's great. I love it. I'm glad that we finally watched it because it was sort of like I knew like I wanted you to see it, but I was like, you cannot see it if you've never seen Halloween, if you've never seen Nightmare on Elm Street, if you've never seen you know like a lot of the movies we had watched. I'm like, you really needed that that. Uh, that uh, that base. Uh, we still need to go back and watch the original Friday the Thirteenth, so we'll have to do that just just so that you get that yeah. education too. Because I that. knew the question. I knew yeah. she got that question wrong just because I I've just because we've talked about it yeah. and it kind of came up and and I'm like, no, that's wrong. That's yeah. wrong. That's wrong. Yeah, and that's definitely out there, like you know, in pop culture. Uh, I will make a a recommendation that people check out the MTV television series um the first season was really good i recommend that people watch it for scream uh it was it, it was good i really enjoyed it okay um so i just wanted to throw that out there uh see the sequels they're fun uh the third one's it has parker posey in it so that Ooh. really helps and she plays a really dramatic uh actress it's kind of great it's sort of like if park if like parker posey's character in like waiting for guffman actually got into like a movies in a way Got it. You know, she's very dramatic and she smokes and she, I'm smoking, I'm smoking. Like, somebody's got to pay for this. Like, it's just, it's just <laughs> very dramatic and fun. That's uh, probably why they got her because of yeah, that waiting for maybe. the character. Uh, so she's great. She plays Gail Weathers uh, in the in the, in the the movie within a movie. Oh, got it. it. Yeah. I, I can't remember which one. It's either they're doing two or three because it's like, it's so meta, you know? It's like stab three and she's playing Gail and yeah, and she gets to, she and Courtney Cox have a lot of really funny scenes together in it. Uh, so yeah. Anyways, uh, there you go. That was Scream. Next up will be uh, the Blair Witch Project, which I'm really excited about. Blair Witch. Yes, we'll get into the found footage genre, which was not created by that. Um, I would go back and kind of look at Cannibal Holocaust, and some. Of, so we'll talk about that. I've it's heard of that fun. one. I hear it's a really disturbing. It is very disturbing. So we'll we'll talk about that next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 